it is exciting to be able to serve, to be able to worship, to be able to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We know that's why we're here. The young people did a good job. Y'all give them a hand this morning. You know, even though I've seen that several times, it, it, it moves you when you hear the screams, when you hear that voice, when you hear the soldiers cry, when you hear Mary. Can you only imagine what Mary's voice must have been that crucifixion day to see her son there die on the cross of Calvary for sins that, for sins that he had not even committed, for sins that we had committed. That's what we celebrate this morning, though. Is not that he stayed dead, but we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I, I'm here to tell you today, if you do not know it, if you do not believe it, it is true. It is factual. It did happen. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He died on a sinner's cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb, and he rose again on the third day. And because of his death, burial, and resurrection, you and I have a way back to God. Go with me over to the book of Luke. In Luke chapter 24, we read the resurrection story. See, Jesus came to this earth on mission. He came with a purpose, and the mission took him through the cross. But on Easter morning, the mission is accomplished because Jesus completed his task. He came and did everything that he was supposed to do. He swallowed, he drank the entire wrath of God down that we should have had. That should have been us on the cross. That should have been me. That should have been you. Who sinned, us or God? It was us that sinned. But he took our place. He bore our punishment. He bore it there on the cross for us. And they buried him in that tomb. And then on, the, on that Easter morning, Luke chapter 24, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing. And as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to him, Why do you seek the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen Remember how he spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Listen, the cross was not a surprise to Jesus. He knew it the whole time. He said it was going to happen. Remember, as he was living, he told his disciples as he walked with them. He said, look, I go. I got to go and prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come back and receive you one of these days. Here's the promise, church. He's gone away, and he's yet to come, but the promise is he's coming back. This morning, I got a question for you. The mission's accomplished, yes. Jesus has done his part. But you know, when you look out over a group like this, sanctuaries are full all over the world right now as they celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. But you know, a lot of people are in that room for lots of different reasons. Some people are there because they were invited. Some people are there because, hey, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what this whole Jesus thing is about. Some people are there to celebrate their risen Lord. You know, and I ask people a lot of times, are you a Christian? And and they say, well, I hope I am. 
They say, I say, well, if you died right now, do you know where you would spend eternity? And they say, I hope I do. Did you know the Bible clearly tells us that we can know without a shadow of a doubt that we're Christians? That we can know without a shadow of a doubt that we don't have to worry, we don't have to doubt, we don't have to guess it anymore. That we can know for certain that when we die on this earth, our very next breath will be there with God in heaven. Turn with me over in your Bible to 1 John chapter 5. Over in 1 John chapter 5, the Bible tells us this. John, who the beloved apostle, the one who ran there with Peter to the tomb and found the door open, found the stone rolled away, John writes to us. And he says these words. You know, I don't know where you are this morning. You may be one of those that says, and let me just ask you the question. If you died right now, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? You know, and in a crowd this size, there's some, I know I'm going to heaven, and there's some, I hope I'm going to heaven, and there's some, you know, I really don't know where I'm going to go. The Bible says you can know without a shadow of a doubt. You can know. And I get it, I know in our world today there's a lot of lifetime guarantees and there's a lot of forever promises and most of them do not hold true. I get that. And that's burned a lot of people. Religion has burned a lot of people. But I can guarantee you Jesus has never burned anybody. Jesus has promised he's done everything he said he was going to do. We're here today to celebrate the risen Lord just like he said he would do. He told the disciples, and the disciples said, look at these buildings. And Jesus said, three days, every bit of this will be torn down and broke, built back up. He was talking about his body. He was talking about how he would die and three days later resurrect again. Over in 1 John chapter 5, look at verse 13. This is a verse that for many it's a surprise. For many it's a wow, I didn't know it was that clear. Yes, it's that clear. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. You can know without question, without doubt. You can go beyond I hope so to I know so. I know that when I die, when my last breath is taken here on this earth, I know I'm going to be in the presence of that where he is, there I will be also. Look up at verse 11, and this testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Comes down to, have you trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you have, then you have life. If you have, if your trust and your hope is, is, is in the finished, completed work of the cross, the finished, completed work of the empty tomb, look over, look over at verse 14. Look over at John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 14. Look right here at what the Bible says. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Is He your Savior? Is He your resurrected Lord? Is He your hope 
for all of eternity? Is He all that you have? If you were to stand at that moment, do you know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ is my Lord? And yes, I know He died. But he rose again. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Guys, this morning, you and I celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. We celebrate our life. We celebrate our hope. You know, a lot of people hear about this Jesus and they're confused about him. They, they say, yeah, but Jesus is a... When I look at the Bible, it just tells me no, 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 no. No fun, no happiness, no joy, no life whatsoever. They're confused. They're, they say, "There's how if I, have, if I have this Jesus, if I go all in with this Jesus, if I trust him with all of my heart and allow him to be Lord of my life, then I have to give up everything. That is so far from the truth. That is the biggest lie. Satan, Satan is doing everything he can to keep people away. Don't you see how that works? Satan, the, the author and, and of confusion, the deceiver, the one who came to kill, steal, and destroy, is trying to keep people far, far away from a holy God. He don't like God. He don't like us worshiping. He don't like this morning. He don't like our young people celebrating the resurrection. He don't like our, our, our music, our praise team leading us to praise God. He don't like your presence here this morning. And he wants people to doubt. He wants people to worry. He wants people to sit there and say, am I really saved? I don't know, have I done enough? Have I done enough to be saved? Have, have, I, have I? You say, preacher, you don't, you don't know me. You, you don't know how I live. You don't know how I act. Here's the deal. God knows you. I don't have to know you. You say, Brother Shannon, these they folks on this very pew, the person next to me don't even know who I am. Here's the thing. God knows who you are. John 3.16, verse we all know, we all can quote, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. We, we know that. What does that mean? That means when you put your trust and your faith in Christ, you'll have everlasting life. God knows you, and yet He still sent His Son Jesus to die for you. Look at verse 17. John 3.17 says this, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, See, the lie is that, look, God wants to condemn you, but the truth is God doesn't want to condemn you. He wants to save you. The lie is that, that you've got to... The, God, the lie is that you've got to just... How can this not be fun? I mean, the, this is exciting. And you say, this is exciting, and this is the lie the devil don't want you to know, is that, you know, to be a child of God is an amazing thing. In a world to where there is no truth, and in a world to where there is no sure solid foundation, and everything is changing all the time, guess what? My Jesus doesn't change. My Savior does not change. I know that, and I am content, and I, I trust that with all of my heart. He didn't send His Son into the world to condemn you, but that the world through Him might be saved. God loved you so much that He sent to you this world His absolute very best. 
He knows your secrets. He knows the darkest parts about you. He knows those things that no one else knows. He knows those things that you lie in the dark and, and, and beat yourself up over and say, why do I do it over and over again? And he knows, he knows that even the deceiver sits there and he lies to you and says, see there, there's no way God can love you, but that's a lie. God loves you so much that He gave you hope. He gave you hope that you don't just have to hope in, that you can know in. Look over in John chapter 6. Look at John chapter 6. You know what God's will for you is? So many people ask that question. You know what God's will for you is? Is to believe in His Son and be saved. This morning, I want you to hear that. You know what God's will for you is? Is to believe in His Son and be saved. God, won't, God has got a place prepared for those who trust Him and put their hope and their faith in Him and Him only. And it's a place called heaven. And where He is, there will be also. And there's only one way to get there, and it's through Jesus Christ. In John chapter 6, beginning in verse 40, it says this, For this is the will of my Father. That everyone who beholds the Son and believes in Him will have eternal life. That doesn't say, doesn't say we hope it. It says you'll have eternal life. You will have eternal life and I myself will raise Him up on the last day. Are you a Christian? I ask that regularly around here. You know, I don't ever make them say it out loud. I don't ever make them stand up or, or raise their hand. I let them answer it on the inside. And you know, there's lots of different answers that go on on the inside. And for a lot of people, they say, I hope I am. I hope I'm, I hope I'm doing good enough. I hope I'm... I'm, I'm I've got enough, seriously, people think this. People think that, hey, I hope I got enough good that outweighs the bad. That's, where, that's not biblical. God made a way that doesn't have to outweigh goods and bads and weights and scales and all of that stuff. God sent to this world hope in the form of Jesus. For God so loved the world that He gave. That gave meant sending him through the cross. He came to the cross and he had to get to the tomb. and He completed, he accomplished what he came to, to do. But he also wants to save you. He also wants to save you. See, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf there on the cross of Calvary. The punishment that I rightfully deserve. It should have been me, you, and all the rest of us hung on a cross just like that. And we should have had the nail, nails rammed in our hands. And we should have had God's wrath poured out on us. But instead of punishing us, Jesus substituted himself. He climbed up on that cross for you. And he climbed up on that cross for me. Remember the thief on the cross? There was, remember, there was three crosses. There was one here and one here, the Bible tells us. And there was one who was cursing. And there was one who was saying, look, save us. Pull us down off this cross if you're God. And then there was that other one that said, look, stop talking to him like that. He didn't do anything to deserve this. 
And the Bible tells us that he looked up to Jesus and he said, Remember me today when you enter into your kingdom. And what were Jesus' words? Jesus' words were, This day you'll be with me in paradise. You know what that you know what that thief, do you know what that person who rightfully was condemned to die did? He believed in Jesus. He put his trust and his faith in Jesus. And Jesus declared there on the cross, look, they didn't pull him down and go put him in a baptistry. They didn't pull him down and make him walk a church aisle. They didn't pull him off the cross and make him go on mission trips and put money in a tithing offering envelope. They didn't make him do any of that. He simply put his trust in Jesus and said, Jesus, I believe you're who you say you are. I believe you're God. You don't deserve this. I believe in you. Remember me. And God saved him. Do you know you're saved this morning? Do you know you're a Christian this morning? Do you know without a shadow of a doubt that if something were to happen to you this day, or even tomorrow, that you would spend eternity there with God? Not because of your goodness, but because of everything Jesus did. Our salvation does not depend on us. The salvation depends on Christ being alive. He accomplished His task. He came to this earth on mission to seek and to save that which was lost. And that was me. I got saved at nine years old. Wasn't a bad person. I was just a kid. I didn't start church until I was five. My brother was born when I was four years, nine months old. And he got old enough to go to church. And Mama looked over at Daddy and said, Mike, we need to get these boys in church. So at five years old, Mom and Daddy started taking us to church. I started growing. I started learning. I started hearing the same messages you hear regularly. And I started to hear this story about this Jesus. And I can remember riding home at night. I can, I can vividly, I don't remember much, but I can vividly remember sitting in the back of the car riding home. It was a, it was a country dirt road down in Crenshaw County. It was a church, Rock Hill Baptist Church, small country, white, dusty church. I remember it was always red dirt all over it. Butler County, red clay. All over that white church. And I remember riding home. We'd ride home. I remember sitting in the back just thinking the message of the preacher. And I was thinking, I don't have this, Jesus. I don't know where I'm going to spend eternity. I don't know what's going to happen to me. I've never trusted Christ as my Savior. Vacation Bible school rolled around. And Miss Twyla Smith, I went back into class. She was my, my teacher. And I went back in class. This story doesn't brag on me. This story brags on the faithfulness of God's people. I went back in class wanting one thing. I wanted more suckers. I wanted a blow pop. That's all I wanted. I wanted a sucker. And you chew to the middle and you get gum. That's what I wanted. I wanted a blow pop. And I went back in. I wanted some more candy. And she sat me down and she started sharing the gospel with me. And At nine years old, I remember trusting Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I remember sitting there and I've, I've taken people to the spot before and I can vividly see the spot I'm sitting at the end of the table and she shares Christ and I get out and I go get daddy and I bring him in there and I'm just crying my eyeballs out and I'm, I'm weeping over the brokenness, over the fact that God saved me. He is my very own Lord now. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to doubt it. I don't have to question it. I don't have to, to, to do any of that. He has completely finished the task for me. I go out, I run around the front of the building. Church was over, remember? They're all standing around, and I just tell deacons, hey, I'm a Christian. I trusted Christ as my Savior. I'm a believer now. God took me through elementary school. He took me through high school. He took me through college. He brought me here. I know 
that my Savior lives. I do not doubt my salvation. I do not doubt it. Why? Because I'm arrogant? No. Because I'm a super spiritual person? No. I do not doubt it because the Bible tells me as clear as I can read it, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. That's me. I believe in Jesus with all of my heart. I believe that He did die cross and I believe he did rise again three days later and he is alive forevermore and he's seated at the right hand of the father and the Bible says that if you do that if you put your trust and your faith in Christ alone these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life are you a Christian this morning you can be are you one of those, well, brother, I don't really know you, but I'm answering in, the, in my insides. I hope I am. Listen, you don't have to hope you can know. You can know. I want everybody to bow their head. Let's all bow our heads this morning. I don't know where you're at. You say, you say Brother Shannon, I hope I am. I, you know, the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Bible says, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. The Bible tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us in this room are sinners. And the wages of sin is death. Spiritual death. Forever death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God made him who knew no sin to be sin. I want you to hear something. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for you. You hear that? God made him who knew no sin to be sin for you. And all you have to do to know Christ Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't say you might be. It doesn't say you could be, should be, ought to be. It says you will be. You want to settle that right now? I know many of you are believers. I know many of you know without a shadow of a doubt if you were to leave this earth at this very moment where your next breath would be but if you do not and you want to why not right now I'm not going to ask you to stand up or raise your hand I'm not going to ask you to look at me I'm not going to ask you to do anything it's right now in the, as she sits over there and plays quietly it's right now between you and the Lord why don't you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins Why don't you confess your sins? The Bible says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. But He died on the cross for you. Why don't you thank Him? Say, thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. For taking my place. I thank you, Jesus, for being my sacrifice for paying the ransom I could not pay I'm a sinner and you took my place why don't you ask him to forgive you forgive me Lord Jesus come into my life and be my Lord
saved me, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. That's God's will for you. It's for you to believe and to, and to make Him Lord of your life. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. As you sit there and as you talk to Him, listen, I want to I tell you what the Bible says. I want to tell you what the Bible says. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. I stand before you this morning with a confidence and a boldness that speaks into the life of each and every one of you. It says if you've trusted Christ as your Savior and you've confessed Him as Lord, you believe that he did die and that he was buried and three days later he rose again if you've made him Lord of your life you don't have to doubt you don't have to worry you don't have to hope so you can know so at this very moment and you know so by the authority of God's word Father God I thank you so much for Jesus and it's in his name we pray Amen